Greetings, I'm J.V. Altharos, and I welcome you to Episode 3 of Ending the Sexual Dark Age. This is a show for people of all sexual and cultural persuasions dedicated to demystifying sex and sexuality in plain, honest language and reversing a thousand years of sexual repression. Society's attitudes towards everything relating to sex are backwards, broken, and designed for a world we haven't lived in for a millennium. I'm here to turn the tide, one person, one step at a time. This show is not about how to get laid, but being an amazing lover will increase your confidence, which will help you get laid. This show isn't specifically about relationships, but it is about how we interact with each other sexually, which is certainly a large factor in any relationship. Not surprisingly, better sex will also improve your relationships. If you like what you hear and this is your first time listening, I strongly suggest that you check out episode one for an overview of exactly where this show is heading and why. This time out, I'll be talking about one of my favorite topics in the whole wide world, the female orgasm. I love everything about women, from the way they look, to the way they smell, to the way they taste, to the way they wiggle when they walk, and I love everything about pussy. I'm calling this Meet the Female Orgasm, and this episode is the first time I'll really be talking about some practical techniques, but it's not remotely intended as a complete guide to the female orgasm. Maybe I'll be willing to say I've covered the topic in a hundred episodes or so, but those slippery little devils are simply too complex to even attempt covering in a single podcast. This is more of a prelude to several of the upcoming topics and a chance to get some of the basics out of the way. I mentioned in episode 2 that 75% of women can't climax from penetration alone. No matter the size of your cock or the swang in your thang, 75% of women just aren't going to get off from cock alone. I find it very interesting that those numbers line up so well with the percentage of women who admitted to faking orgasms in their current relationships, according to a recent study. 70%. Captain Obvious thinks there may be some sort of correlation there. It seems a lot of guys have no idea that their dicks aren't getting the job done. You don't have to look far for an apologist article about why women fake orgasms. Most of what I see around the web is written in a tone that tells me that the writers are themselves desperately in need of a good fucking. That might sound sexist or cliche, but I'm dead serious. I mean a good fucking, not whatever half-assed humping they're obviously being subjected to. There are a lot of sex advice pieces written with a really bitchy tone, which totally undermines the writer's credibility. I don't know anyone with a good sex life that's bitter and nasty. In the interest of thoroughness, I'm going to go over the big picture reasons why women fake it, but I need a disclaimer first. Nothing I say regarding why women fake orgasms should be construed as approval. They're not a solution. They're addressing the wrong problem in the wrong way. Fake orgasms are the worst idea anyone has ever had, ever. They're an avoidance of open sexual dialogue with someone you obviously know well enough to fuck, but are somehow unwilling to talk to about how you like to get fucked. I understand why, ladies, and I'm going to work with you to start turning things around. This is one of the many bald-faced contradictions of the sexual dark age, and as usual, it happens because we aren't taught a better way, because on balance, the people teaching us just don't know one. To be perfectly honest, you just might have figured this out already. Fake orgasms really annoy me, on a philosophical level. If I were trying to imagine a way to thoroughly and completely cripple a woman's sexual satisfaction, I probably couldn't come up with anything better than getting her to basically lie about what gets her off. The whole concept is so backwards that it offends my obviously delicate sensibilities. 
I say all this knowing that most of my female listeners are either currently faking orgasms or have in the past. I'm not bashing you girls, but I do promise the unvarnished truth. You deserve to have fulfilling sex lives just like the rest of us, and you've been indoctrinated with a thousand years of bullshit. More than anything else, my heartfelt desire to help you discover the limitless supply of orgasms locked inside of you is what drove me to start producing this show. Guys, you need to understand that the fake orgasm epidemic is mainly based on two things. The first is any given woman's bad experiences with really, really insecure guys, either herself or through the stories her friends have been telling her. For example, there's no reason a woman shouldn't feel free to play with her clit while she's getting fucked, and in a lot of cases, a moderate amount of finger play will be enough to get her off while she's got a cock inside of her, even if she's a woman who normally doesn't come from penetration. Unfortunately, there are guys out there who will damn near curl up in a fetal position if a woman implies that his cock, which she's probably already had to tell him is the biggest one she's ever seen, isn't enough to get her off, no matter how hard he pounds her with it. We've built the cock up to such mythological proportions that some guys are genuinely insulted by the implication that a woman needs more. If you're one of those guys, and you're within the sound of my voice, I need you to get the fuck over it as quickly as possible. Really, five minutes ago would work great for me. Not only are you fucking up your own sex life and probably depriving your playmates of perfectly deserved orgasms, you're making life more difficult for the rest of us. 75% of women need their clits to get some sort of attention in order for them to climax. Period. Exclamation point. Underline. That's not the result of any deficiency in your cock, it's the result of physiology and evolution. It's not her fault, she can't do anything about it, so don't be a pussy and don't punish her for it. The second aspect of this, which is closely related, revolves around the fact that women are taught one of their primary duties in a relationship is to safeguard the fragile male ego, whatever the cost. They make all manner of bad decisions based on this tired and outdated concept, but in order to shine light in that little corner of the dark age, men need to start showing that they're not fragile. We're not made of glass, and treating us like we are is the equivalent of us thinking you should make less money than a man for doing the same job. It's that aggravating. Yes, men are driven in large part by ego and pride. Sure, we want to hear that we're great lovers, and we want to take you to new realms of sexual pleasure, but only if it's true. We appreciate if you take the time to approach sexual problems in a way that preserves our pride, but we don't want pride at the cost of knowing what's really going on in our own beds. Girls, I need you to understand that the scary, insecure guys are not in the majority. On behalf of the rest of the intergalactic brotherhood of actual men, I'd like to say, I just told them to get over it, so fuck them if they don't listen. Great sex has to be based on honesty, and honest feedback on what works and what doesn't is at the core of that. Assuming that every man needs to be coddled and can't handle being told how to please you means that you're playing to the lowest common denominator, not reaching for the highest. If you do that, you're going to have lowest common denominator sex, which is probably exactly what a lot of you are currently getting, unfortunately. A lack of honest dialogue between sexual partners is the root of most of our sexual issues. The lack of dialogue is supported by fundamental communication issues that revolve around the fact that women and men just plain think differently. 
It's our nature as humans to understand things within the framework of how we think ourselves. In order to imagine how someone else would deal with any given conflict or issue, we imagine how we would deal with it. This is a great method for speculation in a lot of circumstances, but in intimate relationships it has a lot of problems, because men and women simply don't think the same way. Our approaches to life and problems are completely different, partially because of how evolution has wired us and partially because of the society we live in. For example, men really don't do all that well with hints. Girls, every time you've ever said something to a guy with the assumption that he would realize you were actually talking about something else that's bothering you, you've probably been disappointed. We take most of the things women tell us at face value, while women often expect us to search for some deeper meaning in everything that they say. When you want to communicate with a man, you need to actually say exactly what you really mean, not something that you think he's going to interpret into what you actually mean. If you're thinking, if I said it like this, it would be like hitting him over the head with a fucking brick, you're about to start doing it right. Women do tend to look for the deeper meaning in what men say and do, which can create a lot of doubt and confusion for them because usually there isn't a deeper meaning. One of the challenges in overcoming this conflict was caused by the half-hearted so-called sexual revolution that we had in the 20th century. Women finally began stepping up and claiming equality in many facets of life. Awesome. I love women, and I love to see them succeed. It's been a process, one that may never be totally complete, and in most ways, it's a great thing. Intellectually, men and women are equals, and in any intellectually driven pursuit, we're on even footing. The sexual revolution last century had some downsides too, though. In a lot of ways, it became more difficult to talk about the ways in which women and men are different. Especially in the beginning, any implication that the sexes weren't both equal and equivalent was totally scorned. My dad tells me about how he stopped opening doors for women that he didn't know because he got sick of getting dirty looks. The prevailing attitude was, who the fuck do you think you are? I don't need a man to open doors for me. What had always been the act of a gentleman became an insult. There's a lot less of that kind of thinking these days, but the underlying tone is still creeping around in some ways in some situations. We are different, for fuck's sake. We approach and view the world totally differently, and we interact with it differently. If we can view each other as intellectual and emotional equals who happen to approach life from totally different points of view, then we can get somewhere together. That's one of the things I'll be asking from all of you as this show moves forward. Great sex requires equal footing, but it also requires intelligent and healthy debate and understanding of the ways that men and women differ. A lot of confusion on the male side of the fence comes from the fact that women tend to ask for little white lies. Girls, if you've ever asked a man if you look fat in some outfit that you know damn well makes you look fat, you were asking for a lie. In your mind, it just might be code for, do you find me attractive? But remember that we don't put what you say through a code breaker. On the whole, that leaves men with the lesson that there are times when we're supposed to lie to you. Since very few of us have actually developed telepathy, that presents us with something of a sweeping problem. Because when you ask certain questions, we're forced to wonder if you're asking for the truth or asking to be placated. I'm not expecting you to stop doing this, because I recognize that in most cases it's instinctive, but I do ask that you realize how much it confuses us, and that you keep that in mind next time it frustrates you. To make the faking situation even worse, there are so-called experts who imply that it's okay for women to fake orgasms, that it's somehow what they're supposed to do, because 
talking about your own lack of satisfaction in your sex life can hurt your sex life due to the fragile male ego. This is especially short-sighted bullshit. What exactly are you protecting in this scenario? A sex life that doesn't actually get you off? Yes, I'm, I'm going to buy a car that doesn't start. I'm going to buy some food that's fucking spoiled. What, what the fuck is the intention behind this concept? Yes, by all means, we'll maintain the status quo in that situation because obviously it's been working so well so far. I ran across an article the other day that's a little something of a poster child for the sexual dark age. If you Google the phrase, why women fake orgasms, the first article that comes up is a piece on a site called Associated Content written by a woman named Eliana Cohen. Go ahead and check out the article later if you're motivated. It's a perfect example of an obviously bitter person who's decided to vent her own frustrations by bashing men in a public forum. This particular piece basically embodies everything I've been saying about the counterproductive nature of sexual attitudes and sex advice resources. Sure, this is only one article, but it's the first thing someone sees when they Google why women fake orgasms. And that means there are probably plenty of people being taken in by this as some sort of authoritative reference. We do give Google probably more credence than we should sometimes, but overall, Google does work pretty damn well. But this isn't Google's fault. This is the market's fault. This is the fault of the Internet. Although the article is pretty much dipped in venom, it accurately touches on several specific circumstances in which women might fake it. Some of the others listed are pretty much bullshit grandstanding. I bet you can figure out which are which by yourself, and if you can't, email me. I'll recap in the next episode for you. Reading through all the comments will give you a good cross-section of the broken sexual attitudes rampant in the Western world. The biggest thing women need to understand about the easily searched horror stories regarding the truth coming out about faking it in a relationship and the subsequent shriveling of some women's sex lives is that it wasn't the fragile male ego that really caused the disaster, except maybe to the extent that the woman's concern for the supposedly fragile male ego is what caused her to start faking orgasms in the first place. From the man's point of view, it was the lies. The guy's ego didn't get crushed because he wasn't giving his woman orgasms. His trust in her was crushed because she lied to him for an extended period of time and let him think that he was rocking her world. Miss Cohen's example of why talking about it isn't a good idea is based on a friend of hers that brought the topic up with her husband in exactly the wrong way, then uses the evaporation of her friend's sex life to support her conclusion. It's completely flawed logic. Perhaps the guy did feel a blow to his ego, but the issue is more that she's made him feel like a fool. That's, it's not his ego, it's his pride, and men have more resilient egos than we have resilience in our pride. When I've seen relationships come off the rails because of fake orgasms, and I've seen it more than once, the guy was sitting there wondering why the hell she didn't just tell him that she needed something more, or different, or fucking whatever. Most men love to experiment sexually, and we think it's really hot when a woman wants to try new things and starts pushing the envelope a little. We'll usually go along full steam ahead. Unfortunately, the sexual dark age has women believing that if they show sexual assertiveness, they're somehow shaming themselves. And I'll be talking about the shame game sometime very, very soon. Here's the thing, girls. Men are task-oriented, goal-oriented creatures. You're looking at the big picture of his overall self-image and thinking that faking an orgasm gives him a sense of fulfillment and keeps him from feeling like a failure. You mean well. You really do. 
You're trying to do what you think is best for your man's ego, which you've been indoctrinated to believe is made of fucking crystal and spider webs. We want to excel in anything we do, and pleasing women is no exception. One of our failings, though, is that once we feel we've mastered something, we tend to move on to a new challenge. If your man thinks he's blowing your mind, he's not likely to look for ways to do it better. I'm trying to encourage people to always be looking for ways to do it better, but that's not the prevailing attitude and that's certainly not what most guys are walking around with today. You're telling him with a fake orgasm that he's getting the job done when he isn't. I don't care how good you think your reasons are, faking an orgasm is the worst thing you could possibly do when it comes to your own sexual satisfaction. There are men out there in relationships with women they've never given an orgasm to, and they have no idea. The percentages say some of the guys listening to this show are in that predicament. Everyone is capable of being a great lover, but as I'll continue to say, none of us are born that way. Someone with all the motivation in the world who goes through life never getting any real feedback on his performance might end up hearing counterfeit climaxes his entire life. Whether you're a woman currently faking it or a guy who suspects your woman is, this is one of the few things I'll advise you to not approach head on. It's a powder keg and you need to deal with it to have any chance at a great sex life, but this is one thing you need to be a little sneaky about. It will take a few more episodes to lay the groundwork that will let me get into this in detail, but I promise you we'll get there. There are some things you can do right now to start heading your sex life in the right direction. If you're a woman who's currently between playmates, you can head this issue off at the pass when you find your next one. As an example, I'll use a former lover of mine. She told me very early on in our relationship that she couldn't come from penetration alone. One of the only times a woman has actually come out and admitted this to me, and she was rewarded by fantastic sex from very early on in our relationship. From that moment on, I approached sex with her with that in mind, and with the exception of the occasionally dangerously public quickie, I made sure to take care of her clit whenever we had some naked time. Like I said, the sex was excellent, and one of the reasons it got there quickly was that she told me up front what she needed. It didn't have to be a long, embarrassing conversation. It's a simple piece of information, but it's something most guys aren't going to assume, and a lot of guys today don't even know is possible. If you're a woman currently in a relationship and faking it, the first thing we need to do is get you off. And quick. This is where you start. As I said earlier, men love sexual adventure, and they love feeling like they're forging into new territory with their lovers. The next time you're getting ready to get nasty, tell him you want to try something that you heard could give you a better orgasm. As long as he's not among the pathetically insecure, and he probably isn't, he'll be all for it. We are all about feeling like big, strong, accomplished men by giving you better orgasms. Tell him that you want to play with yourself while he's fucking you, and ask for a position that allows you to do that comfortably. If your sex life is pretty vanilla, it might even seem like a kinky thrill. While he's doing his thing, you focus on doing your thing. If you manage to climax, try to make sure it looks and sounds better than your fake orgasms. Even if you don't climax the first time you try this, it will subconsciously draw his attention to playing with your clit during sex. Humans are eminently trainable. You're telling the truth about just hearing something that might give you a better orgasm, because you heard it here, and you can do this without telling him that you've been faking it. 
He's instinctively going to go along with something that will make sex better for you. Hell, even if you aren't faking it and you haven't done this before, you should give it a whirl. As always, you can never run out of better when it comes to sex. For all the guys, especially those who think their woman might be faking it, just reverse the scenario. Tell her you heard something that might make sex better for her and either play with her clit during sex or get her to do it. Some women are extremely self-conscious about playing with themselves in front of men. But I submit that doing it while she's stuffed with cock is a very different thing from putting on a show for you, for example. If you can't get her to do it, do it yourself. It can be an odd thing to develop a rhythm with the first couple of times, and if you're doing it yourself, I suggest either doggy style with a reach around, or with her laying on something about waist level for you and you standing, or her laying back on the couch and you kneeling on the floor in front of her. It's kind of a modified missionary position, and it allows plenty of room for either of you to reach down and shake hands with the man in the boat. Again, if you tell her you want to try something new, in hopes of improving sex for her, she's likely to be all for it, whether she's faking it or not. Guys have an innate sense of fair play, and we want you girls getting off at least once anytime we fuck you. If any of you guys are in doubt as to whether your girl is faking it or not, the first step in your path is to make sure you get her off at least once with your fingers, tongue, or toys whenever you've got time for naked time. Keep the mentality that you already have that you want her to come at least once. Just stop counting any orgasms while your cock's inside her. I've always promoted going down early and often, and I've never counted vaginal orgasms. I was licking pussy before I ever got my cock inside of one, and in my opinion, it's one of the cornerstones of outstanding sex, which I'll remind you revolves around the female orgasm. Women aren't likely to fake orgasms while your hands and tongue are doing the work, as long as you take your time. Since too rough with a clit is a very subjective standard, from one woman to the next, when in doubt, hang towards gentle. If your girl can climax from penetration, then you're giving her a bonus orgasm every time you fuck, which also works out well for everyone in the long run. In fact, most of the principles of great sex are win-win propositions. If you're trying clitoral stimulation during sex and you come before she does, if you're not using condoms, keep your cock inside her while your fingers finish getting her off. It will be unbelievably hot for her to have you staying on the job even after you blow your load, and it will start changing the tone of your sex life for the better. Baby steps, one at a time. There are also a lot of women who honestly believe that either they can't have an orgasm or that they can only come through masturbation. Basically, that for whatever reason, it's just impossible for a man to give them an orgasm. In my own rather thorough studies and experience, I have never found a woman truly unable to climax. I've known quite a few that had difficulty, some a lot of difficulty, but in every case, they were victims of the sexual dark age in one way or another. Guys, you need to understand that there are a lot of women out there faking it because they honestly believe that a man can't give them an orgasm. It doesn't mean that they don't love you if they're faking orgasms. Sometimes... They just end up so fucked up and so fucked over by their sexual experience that they think that that's just the way things are and that they're like that for everyone or almost everyone. In most of these cases, the woman's been unlucky enough to make it through however many guys she's had without finding a single one that knew his dick from a fucking pool cue. Our total lack of practical sexual education means a lot of people are running around having lousy sex without even realizing that it can be fucking great. From the Your Mileage May Vary department, 
I think it's important to refer to the law of randomness as it applies to the human body. Just like some people are ticklish, but only in some places, our bodies are all a little different. Women have varying levels of sensitivity in and around their pussies, and those with a less sensitive clit are going to have a harder time getting off, no matter the stimulation. As an example, I had an old friend who was also an accomplished slut. And, my, and by slut, I mean sexually liberated and uncommonly twisted. We were both quite dominant, so while we always had a great time talking sex, there wasn't a lot of sexual chemistry, per se, between us. We both preferred submissives and really enjoyed having a peer to swap stories with. She loved sex and had plenty of it, and she could get herself off without a problem, but at the time, there had only been one guy who'd given her an orgasm despite her willingness to shop around for them. I, of course, as an enthusiastic young cocksmith, regularly told her that I'd have no problem getting that job done if she'd just get around to asking me for it. And that was a long-term source of entertaining banner, until one day, during a dry spell, she decided to take me up on the offer. It's a liberating experience to know people open enough about their sexuality that you can literally make an appointment to trade head jobs and know that there are truly no strings attached, just two consenting adults getting together for a sport fuck. I don't mind saying there were times when I thought my perfect record was going out the window that night. I went down on her for over 30 minutes, after looking at the clock because I got curious about how fucking long it was actually taking. She was into it, she was having a great time, but I couldn't quite get her off. I tried every trick, every slick slip of the tongue that I knew, and finally, just on a whim, I had to resort to painting the fence, which is what ended up finally doing the trick. By the time I was done, my neck was half-tweaked, my jaw felt like it was about to fall off, but the point is that I went down there to do a job, and I was not coming up for air until that fucking job was done. I had to try every trick I knew, and listen constantly for a sigh, a moan, a whimper to let me discern what was working and what wasn't. By simple virtue of persistence and attention to detail, I became the second guy ever to give her an orgasm. I've given her shit about this periodically over the years when we've ended up hanging out. That the secret recipe for getting her off ended up being painting the fucking fence like an amateur. But she's always said, and I believe it, painting the fence wouldn't have done shit if I hadn't pulled every single trick I knew beforehand. Well, I think that's quite enough time spent on fake orgasms, and as always, give me a shout if there's something that you're left wondering about. On to the fun stuff. The phrase, giving an orgasm, is actually something of a misnomer, since, especially with women, it's more like teasing it out of them. I use the phrase, and I'll continue to, but the purist in me just has to make the distinction. A good orgasm will leave a woman woozy, convulsing, and just generally speechless. It's a beautiful thing, and it's one of my absolute favorite sights in all the world. There's a truly pure beauty on a woman's face when she is in the throes of absolute ecstasy. There are some mechanical aspects of the female orgasm that not everyone's aware of, and by mechanical, I just mean how things work. The quality of a woman's orgasm is very much tied to her mental state. The more relaxed, comfortable, and into it she is, the better it'll be. Most women don't realize that men also experience a wide range of intensity with orgasms, also related to mental state. In short, the more into it you are, the better it is for us. There's one of those win-win situations again. Think of a woman's orgasm as a balloon that bursts if you fill it up too quickly. Distractions and negativity will tend to take air out of the balloon. The more you're willing to take your time, you fill it up slowly while you're playing with various parts of her body, the better the resulting climax will be. 
it's not necessarily easy for guys to grab onto this because it's very opposite to the way that guys experience orgasms. Yes, fucking feels good the whole time, but when we actually come, it's a fast build-up to an intense sensation that lasts around 7 to 10 seconds. Strictly speaking, the physical pleasure isn't really intense for most of the experience. And if I had to, I don't know, throw random numbers on it, I'd say the orgasm is probably 10, 15 times as intense, as powerful, at least, as the pleasure building up to it. This actually works out fine, because when we're doing our part, that leaves us plenty of mental headroom to pay attention to what's going on with our playmates. Women experience more profound physical sensations all around. While their physical pleasure is dependent on emotional state, they do have a more profound physical reaction. Their build-up tends to take longer and their orgasms tend to last longer. I will go to my grave jealous of multiple orgasms. If I could have a pussy for a day, I wouldn't leave the house. One surefire way to help women come harder is a technique referred to in BDSM as orgasm denial. Now, that sounds like something mean, but it's not. It's a method of manipulating the female orgasm to make it more intense. You'll see in the upcoming episodes that I'll be talking about many aspects of BDSM as they can be used to improve anyone's sex life. Dedicated players in the lifestyle tend to take everything we do right to the edge, but most of the underlying concepts and practices do apply to good sex in general. You don't necessarily have to take it as far as the kinksters do to learn the lesson and use the information to improve your own life. Orgasm denial is the practice of getting a woman close to climax, generally with a toy or by going down on her, and then stopping before she gets there, denying her the orgasm. You then spend a little time paying attention to the rest of her body, maybe kissing the inside of her thighs, to playing with her nipples, to gently caressing her belly, to kneeling over her and kissing her with your cock pressing into her thigh. Something continuously sensual without direct clitoral stimulation. Again, you are never in a hurry. After a little pleasant distraction, you turn your attention back to her clit and get her close to climax again, and then deny it again. Rinse and repeat as your instincts might dictate, but for your first try, it should probably only be about three or four cycles. Another very similar method is to keep stimulating the clit and periodically use a little pain to back her down off the climax. I'm not talking agony here, but for some women, a firm but gentle squeeze of the nipples while you stop clit stimulation for 5-10 seconds works wonders. Think of pain and pleasure receptors as the same nerves and the same impulses interpreted in different ways by the brain. There's a very fine line between them, and a little pain can very often feed pleasure. Remember the balloon. Each time you get her close, you're filling it up a little bit more. But since you're doing it slowly, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger in stages without bursting. You're literally and tangibly building up sexual tension, all of which will be released at once in the eventual climax. You might not get them on your first attempts, but with a little practice, orgasm denial is likely to produce a nice little chain of multiple orgasms. This is essentially teasing, which is another word for taking your time, as long as you deliver eventually. The fact that you're taking so much time focusing just on her needs will yield its own rewards as well. The great news with orgasm denial is that women can use it in masturbation, too. It takes a little personal discipline, obviously, but the method is basically the same. Work yourself up close, then hands off the man in the boat.
Let your own hands feel your body like the hands of the lover in your fantasies. Try squeezing your nipples a little bit just to make them hurt just a little. Then go back to playing with your clit. Repeat the cycle three or four times, then hang on for a bone-rattling orgasm. If you decide to try pinching your nipples and it works out well for you, then I'll congratulate you ladies on enjoying the tiniest little taste of sadomasochism, which is a ridiculously misunderstood topic that we will spend some more time on in the future. This brings me to our first ever homework assignment. For those of you who might be interested in literally playing along at home, any homework I offer you will be aimed at helping you take one specific step towards a healthier, more sexual life. In an attempt to make this show a little bit more of a group thing for all of us, every assignment will have its own post in the homework category of sexualdarkage.com. I encourage you, nah, fuck that, I dare you to do any homework that applies to you and then post in the comments section of the appropriate blog post. Just saying that you did it and sharing anything that you'd like to about how it worked out for you. This is a chance to look at your own sexuality right in the eye while still remaining completely anonymous if you choose, and to help others find the confidence that you're already starting to develop. I moderate all anonymous comments, so it might take a minute for them to appear, but you can always post on the website without registering or giving an email address if you prefer. People have various reasons for keeping their sexuality on the down low, and I want to make it as easy as possible for anyone to join the party without risking personal information. Without further ado, on to your first homework assignment, Playing with Orgasm Denial. In the event that you have a stunt pussy to practice on, either your own or someone else's, I want you to try one of the methods of orgasm denial I described a minute ago. Women should definitely try it while masturbating, and guys should try it out on their woman if they currently have a playmate. The results should be interesting and entertaining for all of us. This episode's getting close to wrapping up, but I do want to take a minute for some shameless plugs and some shameless thanks. When I originally decided to create this podcast, I was doing it as something of an experiment, to see if anyone would pick up on what I had to lay down. I wasn't really sure how people would react to my particular brand of in-your-face and proud of it, and from outstanding reviews in iTunes to comments on my website, Ending the Sexual Dark Age is getting response way beyond my expectations, with hundreds of subscribers already. Everyone who's taken the time to comment has asked for more, and I am honored to already have listeners telling me that I'm helping them. I promise all of you that we are only getting started here. If you're enjoying the show and you have iTunes, I'll ask you to help me widen the audience by giving me a good rating and a review if you have the time. If you'd like to share the show with someone who's not podcast-friendly, anyone can stop by sexualdarkage.com and listen to all the episodes in the Flash Player without having to do anything but press play. Special thanks going out to Sentient One, Latent Empire, Eyes Wide Open, and the Prince of Persia for the great reviews and ratings in iTunes. And thanks to Elwood, Sonia, and Sherwood for the kind words on the websites. As always, I invite you to shout back at me about anything and everything relating to sex or the show, from topics I've covered that still have you wondering, to questions that you've always been afraid to ask. Feel free to post anonymously at sexualdarkage.com or send an email with any questions, comments, requests, tirades, or insults to jvaltheros at gmail.com. In an effort to make myself more available to you guys, I'll be getting on board with Facebook and Twitter accounts shortly, and you'll be able to find links on the website if you'd like access to more of the random madness that issues forth from my keyboard. 
I'm also happy to announce that the real design for the website, as well as some snazzy new art, will be coming very soon, along with an iPhone app to offer easier access for the show to those of you listening on Apple devices. I haven't quite decided what to cover next time, but it will probably be either Male Stamina or The Shame Game. If you've got an opinion on that, let me know. Until next time, this be me, J.V. Authoras, reminding you that amazing sex is a choice that you get to make when you're willing to put in the work. Thanks again for listening, and oh yeah, do your fucking homework.